0: welcome back to the mcu exchange podcast this week we had a huge week in the mcu with d23 and a whole lot of news about infinity war as well as entertainment weekly bringing us a bunch about black panther and the embargo lifted on the inhuman set visits we'll talk about all that and a whole lot more here on the mcu exchange podcast so stick around Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Today, it is just Adam and I. We have a bit of a smaller crew. Everybody is starting to hit that vacation time where, uh, you know, maybe have this at work or at church or something where there's nobody there because everyone is gone and doing something fun. So it's kind of where we're at with the podcast. Uh, Rhiannon and Ryan and some others are out and having a blast doing some cool things. And so it's just me and Adam today. Uh, So we have a big show for you. And there's a lot to talk about, so we probably should jump right into it. And uh, Adam, I mean, you just uh, you you've got to be ready to uh, have lots of good wisdom for us, man, because there's going to be a a lot of what do you think, Adams, that come after these news stories?
1: <laughs> I know, right? There was a lot of stuff that happened with and what the past 36 hours alone. So I'm excited
0: for. Yeah, it. I was going through. We're going to talk about the new Warriors cast in a minute, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was only four or five days ago, or six days ago, I know. whatever. <laughs> So, we'll start with uh, Black Panther because we had this major dump of information. Entertainment Weekly did their San Diego Comic Con preview issue, and we saw lots and lots of stuff from Black Panther. Um, I couldn't possibly summarize everything that is in that six or seven page article or whatever. Uh, But one of the biggest things is we just saw lots of photos. Uh, We got photos of Black Panther, Zuri, Shuri, Mbaku, um, Wakabi. Uh, Ayoko, I- I- Ayoko. I- I've got to get some of these names down. Uh, just all these different characters. Um, Ramonda. So, let's just start with the visuals. Did you see a costume design that really caught your eye? Like, was there one of these uh, characters that you thought looked really particularly good?
1: You know, I can't. I can't really narrow it down. You know, everything we're seeing from. Uh, you know, these EW photos and even the costumes unveiled at uh, D23, you know, everything, it's just beautiful, it's it's all beautiful, it's vibrant, it's shiny, you know, and I, I like it all, I really do, um, if I had to choose one, you know, I think um, there was this purple type shaman setup that Zuri's wearing, Um Mbaku, if if that's how you say it, I mean his his get up with with the fur and and all that stuff is is pretty gnarly. Uh, it, it pays just the right amount of homage to his comic book um background. Uh, so yeah, um, I I like it all, man. I mean, it's I don't see any problems <laughs> with anything. You know, I'm just I'm just excited to. Uh, See all this stuff uh, come to fruition.
0: Yeah, those are actually the two that I was thinking about as well. Um, I really like that we kind of that we're seeing kind of the different tribes or the different social sectors of their society in the costuming, which I think is really smart. I mean, we talked a while back about Inhumans that that would be really cool if maybe the different like families that are re- represented in Adeline are sort of shown by the costuming. And so I think we're getting that and I think that looks, uh, I think it looks really cool. I was also just kind of taken away, like when you think back on it, if you look all the way back to like Iron Man, Iron Man is basically one guy in a comic outfit and a bunch of other people in suits. And so that we're at a place now where you can go full bore comic costume like they're doing and it looks cool and it looks great and people get excited just shows you how far we've come on the like believability on the more fantastic elements you know oh,
1: absolutely I mean? you know and you did bring up that good point with how it's kind of almost uh the, the different tribes you know and they each have their own distinct flair and stuff and we did see a little bit of that you know um in Guardians too yeah the post credit scenes when all the original Guardians or Ravagers through you know came through you know yeah you Charlie 27 since he's from Jupiter he him and his crew kind of had that earth based tone and and uh, Stallone and Martin X, you know they they had the blues and Michelle Yeoh's character Alita had purples and reds and things like that. So uh, as we progress, you know, everything's getting a lot more colorful, and it's, like, almost getting to the point where it starts taking your breath away, you know, all of these teasers, and you're like, wow, that's, that's some gorgeous design. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff
0: revealed about different characters, about uh, relationships, kind of who's close to T'Challa, who's kind of an enemy of T'Challa in all of that stuff like um what kind of questions do you still have that you want answered about the movie like what what's still unrevealed that you're excited to hear more about uh before we see Black Panther?
1: That's a really good question. Um you know, he did go into I was reading something where Chadwick was was talking about uh Killmonger and Claw's role, you know. Um and I want to know as much as I can about this Mbaku, um, you know, he, as I understand it, he's kind of vying for the throne that T'Chaka left when he was killed in civil war. You know, so I think that could be a very interesting role. Um, you know, because essentially a king is a dictator. You know, so it that might be a character. I know he's uh, a he's uh, T'Challa's nemesis in the comics. Um, but we very well could see a character in the movie where, you know, you kind of feel for him cause he might be someone for the people, you know, but then again, he could just have his own complete separate agenda, which will probably be the case. Um, but I think, uh, Winston Duke's character is, is certainly very intriguing.
0: Yeah. I think I'm really excited to see how it fits into infinity war. I mean, that's a little bit unfair to it, you know, because like. Now it's being overshadowed as a film by Infinity War, which is always the risk for these. Like, I remember Captain America, the first Avenger, feeling like almost like Avengers prequel more than anything. But, I mean, I just want to know how this fits in. We know that a bunch of these characters are in Wakanda. Um, I think we have some reasons to believe that Thanos and maybe um, uh, the character in the comics that's called Black Dwarf are going to sort of invade. Wakanda uh we've been talking on the site about if maybe one of the infinity stones is actually in Wakanda instead of being up with Heimdall like a lot of people have guessed and so I'm just kind of interested to see how all that fits in because you know all the infinity war stuff this weekend really made me interested in all that so
1: absolutely you know that that, that is very interesting because they unveiled the black order but they're not technically the black order in the movie, and. Um you know there's a huge uh that comes from uh Hickman's infinity run and and Black Bolt is a huge major player in that run but obviously we're not going to get Black Bolt in Infinity War so you know that very well could be the area where T'Challa assumes you know and he's kind of the one v one guy against Thanos almost you know
0: uh, one of the other things we heard is M'Baku's character is actually going to be called M'Baku, and they are not going to use the title Man-Ape. Um, I think this is pretty obvious. That's a, it's a pretty good call, right,
1: on their part? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's the type of thing where um, you instantly see a character's name, and you're like, yeah, they're not going to have that. Yeah, and I think they've done a decent
0: job in the comics that... Um, you know, they don't, um, you know, like we've talked more about Trevor Slattery or Adrian Kill, uh, Adrian Kill, uh, can't come up with it now, but you know, Killian, the, uh, the other guy in Iron Man 3, instead of the Mandarin, because they just knew that that whole Mandarin thing was rife with problems. And so it makes sense to kind of change it up. And I think that, uh, ta Coates version of Black Panther has helped with this. I think it's one of the hard things of reading that book actually is they use all these kind of African titles they don't even call T'Challa by his name they often give him these like royal titles that he has and I'm like oh what, what is that again you know like I have to remember but I think that's all been kind of signaled there too so um, it just makes sense it's a way to update you know the property
1: absolutely and that I mean that run Coates run is, is amazing what he's done with it um, the spinoffs have kind of been lukewarm uh, but just the world he's already built uh within that it's a solid read i didn't mean to go off on a tangent but if uh, you guys are into comics that's definitely a uh read you'll want to uh pick up before february
0: yeah i don't know if i've mentioned this with you before but uh because the latest moon knight stuff has had stuff about like the egyptian gods and the crocodile god and stuff like that i kind of would like to see them do a retcon someday where they kind of twist in some of moon knight's stuff with black panther stuff oh, you know like that. there's some yeah. kind of connection between like yeah. the different cults that there are in black panther and connected to egyptian religion and all that kind of stuff uh i, I don't know how that works but i think that would be really it'd be interesting so oh
1: that'd be awesome
0: do you have any other black panther thoughts before we move on from uh talking about it
1: Ah, uh, no i'm excited for it we need to watch it already
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm getting super excited. <laughs> I'm excited about the kind of James Bond aspect of it, too. You know, all this 007 talk and kind of that casino scene. Um, I think that that's really smart. Um, I want to see Marvel continue to do Winter Soldier, Black Panther kind of movies because I love, you know, the space stuff and Thanos and the cosmic stuff is great. I, personally, I like a Winter Soldier style a little better than a Guardian style, and so I want to see these movies with practical effects and gun battles and spy stuff. I, I think it's good, and I think it's good for the universe to keep it. So,
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Uh, other big thing that happened almost on the same day, almost as if Marvel Studios and Marvel TV were not communicating, is uh, we had the embargo lift on uh, the Inhumans set visit. Uh, A bunch of uh, journalists uh, went to Hawaii and got to see what was going on with Inhumans. And so all that stuff dumped Tuesday morning, literally about the same time Black Panther stuff got dumped as well. Um, There's lots of different comments. I think you've uh, worked on some of these comments, as I have. Uh, What gives you the most hope out of what you read from the Inhumans set visits?
1: You know, I'm trying to think uh, on what gives me hope. Um... I'm not sure I've read anything that actually stood out. Um, it made me say, wow, I'm, a, I'm really excited for this show. Um, I have plenty of the opposite thoughts, um, but, um, you know, there was a, a bit where uh, Serenda Swan goes into Medusa's powers a bit, and it... it Seems as if we're actually getting to see the the hair move and, and all sorts of stuff. She did say, um, of course, it's going to be CGI'd. Um, I think that's something we all hoped, but kind of still held our breath at a little bit, you know, ex- after seeing the the promo pictures with her and the wig and, and all that stuff. Um, so I guess if anything, it would be that. Um, I hope it's not like a one-time thing where she controls her hair to stop a dude and that's it you know i hope it's it's a naturally uh, repetitive thing um other than that you know it's just kind of uh eh. but since you are a resident uh humans expert I, i'm sure you have more you can shed light on
0: no that's that was pretty much where i'm at too um swan when she talked about the powers and how they're working on the powers told me that they they are trying to do something, and I think it was, uh, it was also interesting. I mean, she talked some about the importance of her character. Uh, I forget it was her amount. We're talking about the romance between Black Bolt and Medusa and how important it is, and that almost this will be like the best Marvel couple, so to speak, um, and I think that's good. I think we have to see that, and what it suggests to me when I take those comments and I compare them to the amount of Medusa that's in the trailer one of two things is happening. Thing one, they're pulling a Jared Leto suicide squad thing where they've cut her out of the show almost completely and she doesn't know it yet. Or two, she's telling the truth about how important she is to the story and the reason she isn't in the trailer is because they still haven't finished the VFX and they're really working hard to make it right and it's a cool, fun surprise that they want to save for either a panel this week at San Diego Comic-Con or for when the show comes out. Um, And so that that makes me hopeful that she's going to be in her right spot. Um, That being said, there were a lot of negative things. So go ahead, Adam. What did you see that was negative uh, about those those different interviews?
1: A little bit of everything. You know, we have... uh, They started talking about some of the um, guest stars, I guess. Um, And then they said that they're they're exciting or uh, i don't know i don't want to quote him on that or uh, so i think uh swan was talking about it and it didn't really expand on it you know so um that kind of felt a little bit off to me um just nothing stood out nothing's been making me excited you know i would guess that's probably the biggest negative thing um through through the trailer and um all this stuff, you know, nothing's really standing out to me. I didn't really see much on uh, Mount say too much. Um, you know, it's just, at this you point, you could say that he was silent. You could no, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, I'm not excited for it right now. You know, that it's just, I'm not sure what I expect and I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I guess I don't know what would make me excited for it at this point. You know, it's just one of those properties. Um, Yeah. I mean,
0: we saw the first look at, um, I think her name is Oren. She's the uh, woman who's like the head of their security group or whatever. And the first picture of her, she's a woman in a leather outfit, you know. Like in the comics, she has these huge like bat ears and yellow fur. And, like, I guess I know that I should expect that that's not going to happen in the comics or in the the, the TV show, but it just, you know, it's just deflating. It's like, oh, okay, so we're really going to do this as boring and cheap as possible. And then you add on top of that, Mount had this, oh, frustrating quote. There was something like, comics are such a hot medium, and TV is a much more cold medium. And so we're trying to figure out how to, deal with a more cold medium so that it reflects right to viewers. And I'm like, dude, shut up. (laughs) We just saw Black Panther costumes that look crazy. We had pictures from D23 of Thor Ragnarok where there's like guards that are straight on Jack Kirby, Celestial, Bizarro Mm -hmm. costumes. And guess what? I don't care how hot or cold the medium is. It looks awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: And so like you using your artistic garbage to try to like justify why you're doing something that's boring is not what I want to hear. I don't care. You know, like I've heard people talk about, well, black Bolt can't have a mask because masks look stupid. I think captain America looks pretty cool in a mask. And I think daredevil looks okay. I know it was a rough road, but I think it looks good now. You know, like mm-hmm. it, there's no reason that black Bolt can't put a helmet on. I don't understand why we continue to tell these myths about things you quote-unquote can't do on screen with comic books while literally everyone else goes out and does them.
1: Absolutely. You know, and that, that's the thing. We're, we're to a point where I'm not sure these properties are for the casual TV watcher. You know, we're talking about the Inhumans. We have movies with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange and, and all that stuff, you know, our, um who they expected to market Inhumans towards, you know, I was reading Volume 1, Issue 2 of Inhumans the other day. I'm not sure why. Uh, I can't remember why. and I'm not sure who the artist on that was, but there's this beautiful, it might have been George Perez, It's there's this beautiful, like, half-page panel, <clears throat> excuse me, where Black Bolt's looking amongst the citizens of Adelan. And not a single one in the crowd looked like a human, you know. They were purple, they were green, they were blue, they were orange, they were whatever, you know. And that's I think that's the most disappointing thing, Uh, you know. And they're wearing all sorts of different colored garb. They're wearing all the stuff that Black Panther and and his cronies are wearing, you know. And and that's that's the thing. I mean, Adelan's kind of the ultimate mixing pot of different species and things like that and we're we're not getting that you know we're getting humans you know and everyone i mean people are saying oh maybe they're pre which i think we know is not the case um but it, i think that's the most difficult part about this you know we're supposed to be talking about aliens and stuff and people or they live on the moon and it's just, you know, humans talking and having a battle for the inhuman throne, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah. Were you watching, were you reading the Marvel Knights one? No, I was reading the actual
1: volume one, the old school, like the bronze age stuff. I think I'm not sure who wrote it, Um, but I think George Perez was the writer. I know Mark Wolfman was involved somehow, but it was the volume one. Do you scoop those up at a comic shop or something? Because I know I had to like find them
0: in a comic shop because it's not oh, a Marvel limited. Uh,
1: like that picture I sent in our Slack chat. My dad bought all those long boxes of stuff. It was actually one of the uh, ones in the long boxes. I know he's had Inhumans one I've read uh, for a while ago with the yellow cover and stuff. But I was just looking through these and I picked it up and was reading it, and it's just like, oh, that's so beautiful art. You know, it's it's Kirby esque. It has the the lines and the colors and the the wow factor, you know, which <laughs> there's not one leather suit, black leather suit in sight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was
0: just curious, Marvel Unlimited, it still shocks me they've not put that series on it yet. You know, particularly with the show coming up, I would think they would want to make that available, but it's actually ridiculously hard to get a hold of those. So anyways, we have... <laughs> Gone into the comic sock again. So this week we also got a cast of uh, new warriors. It seems like forever ago, but uh, it was only just a couple of days ago. And uh, we got uh, Squirrel Girl is going to be Milana Vyuntrub. I don't think that's how you say your last name. She's apparently the AT&T girl. Uh, also, Mr. Immortal is going to be Derek Feller. It's interesting that they called him uh, a co-lead. And they kind of led with these guys. I'm a little surprised that Mr. Immortal is that important of a character. Uh, We also got Jeremy Tardy, Callum Worthy, Matthew Moy, and Kat Comer. Uh, They're starring as Night Thrasher as Tardy. Worthy is um, going to be Speedball. Matthew Moy is going to be um, Microbe. And um, uh, Kate Comer is going to be Debris. Uh so anyways, do you know any of these actors, Adam? Uh any of these kind of
1: catch your attention? Yeah, this is actually probably one of the uh first T V shows where they released the casting. I'm like, Oh, I actually knew a couple of the uh um people before Googling them. Um Squirrel Girl Milana. Uh, she's actually really uh deep into kind of the comedy scene and, and stand up and things like that. I've watched some of her stuff before. Um, but, obviously, everyone calls her the AT&T girl. But, no, that's, uh, through the, the comedy stuff and all that, um, you know, I, I really think uh, that's, a, that's a great casting. And another one is, um, what is it, Matthew Moy on uh, Microbe. Uh, Microbe's an awesome character that can control bacteria and stuff. And Moy is on uh, Two Bro Girls, I believe. Um, and he's hilarious on that, so... After seeing this, uh, especially the casting and stuff, uh, this is something that I'm excited for.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Matthew Moy really um, sets an interesting tone because that also is where I have seen some of this cast. I've seen a few episodes of Two Broke Girls, and I'm hoping he has a far better character in this one, but he is pretty funny. And it just, I mean, that really rams home to me just how much of a comedy this is going to be. I know they've been telling us that, but it just feels different when you get the comedic actors, you know, um, I really, it kind of cracked me up squirrel girl as well. That actress to me looks like her face looks like she could be sisters with Anna Kendrick, you know, like it's just, she has definitely the right look for squirrel girl and, um, you know, she'll obviously be a lot cheaper than Anna Kendrick as well. So that will be good for them. Is this weird to you? The idea that Mr. Immortal is going to be kind of a second main character, does that take you off guard at all?
1: Um, not entirely. Um, I I have seen some people, uh, you know, talk about how this isn't the real New Warriors because uh, it's not the original uh, lineup and stuff. Um, you know, Mr. Immortal is kind of more of a Great Lakes Avengers type guy. Um but as a character, I think it's going to be absolutely hilarious <laughs> just because uh, his power is he can't die, <laughs> you know. So that's, that's going to be very interesting to see how how they do that, uh, especially on a thing like a uh, network like Freeform. Obviously, you can't get too graphic or gory or whatnot, but how are they going to display his powers um, is going to be really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of interested to see how much they use Speedball. Because I feel like Speedball is the most iconic character from that lineup. Like, people that don't read New Warriors still know Speedball just because of his, you know, like, graphic look. And so, I'm I'm almost wondering if he's going to be, like, the lockjaw of the show. You know, like, the last thing in the trailer is going to be him speedballing about. Because that's going to be the coolest looking effect, you know, on the show. So.
1: Absolutely, and that's that's another thing. You know, these cast members, um, or these characters, are all more. What do you call it? They they need visual effects more. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. You know, with the other freeform show, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, I can see you know cloak, cloaks powers. They can kind of get around that, but a character like Speedball or, uh, you know. Tippy-toe for Squirrel Girl, you know, how's Tippy-toe going to look? Um, Or Microbe, how he can control uh, bacteria and stuff. It's going to be really interesting to see how that stuff pans out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, one more big news story. Uh, Yesterday, we got news uh, on the red carpet for the D23 Expo. Mark Ruffalo talked about uh, a Hulk movie. And basically, he said straight up, there's not going to be a solo Hulk movie, and if you don't like it, talk to the people over at Universal because they apparently don't like making money. Um, first of all, are you sad that we're not seeing a solo Hulk movie? And second of all, can you believe that Mark Ruffalo was that honest about what's going on?
1: Yeah, I did say um, Variety pulled uh, Kevin aside, Kevin Feige aside this morning, and he did say his never say never to it. Um, but I would say I probably side with Law on this one. You know, after the, the two movies we've gotten, um, I guess, and I'm not a whole guy. I know there's a huge, huge following for The Incredible Hulk and all of his comics and all this stuff. But, you know, I'm just not, especially with kind of the stigma surrounding Marvel movies now, you know, how everyone's saying, oh, it's a Marvel movie. The world's gonna end, everything's gonna blow up and stuff, you know, I mean, that's the only Hulk stuff I can imagine, you know, where he destroys everything, um, or everything is destroyed with him fighting everyone, um, so yeah, I I would say, I mean, am I sad if there's not another Hulk movie, uh, solo movie, no, I mean what little we've seen of Ragnarok um, you know I would say Hulk's going to be in that movie more than we probably think at the moment Um, so it's uh, certainly going to be interesting to see him in kind of that almost main character but mostly supporting type role you know obviously it's going to be a lot easier to judge this after seeing Ragnarok um, but yeah uh, I won't be sad if there's another uh, solo movie um, but I mean You can't go wrong with Hulk, can you? I mean, Ruffalo absolutely kills it. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, as I listen to those, I mean, first of all, I'm thankful that Ruffalo is this honest about these things. We talk about this in athletics. I think you've actually held this back. You've, You've helped athletes not do this. But back in the day, like, athletes used to shoot their mouth off a little more, and you got, like, Joe Namath guarantees and stuff like that. Whereas modern athletes are basically told, never tell anything to the media be as boring as possible, don't cause controversy, don't cause distractions, stay off Twitter, all that stuff, right? And Absolutely. It's kind of nice to see like someone be that honest uh, from like a pre-PR sensitive day and age. And so the fact that Ruffalo was having such a good time and he just came out and said like Universal's dumb and they don't like making money. That's what a fan would say in a comment on an MCU Exchange article, you know, like, and so the fact that he did that, I think is, is really funny and really uh, it it makes me like him more that he's just being so forthright. Um, Absolutely. I also think that we knew this the second that they told us that they were developing um, planet Hulk into Thor Ragnarok. I think to me that should have been the sign that the Hulk solo movie ship had sailed. Like if there was any comic story that deserved a solo movie, it's Planet Hulk. And since it didn't make since it's being condensed and put into a Thor movie, it's obvious that Marvel's not trying to save any bullets for the you know, the gun. You know, like they're willing to spend the ammo they've got, so uh, don't think that's that's too surprising.
1: Yeah, Planet Hulk's huge, you know, and, and that's the other thing, you know, Hulk and Thor are kinda the, the perfect team up. Uh I'm not sure what your thoughts on it but I mean to me Thor's probably the I don't want to say the weakest of the Avengers to have a movie but you know he's if there was one of the main four Avengers you know that I would say probably won't have any more solo movies it'd be Thor so having Thor and Hulk team up in Ragnarok you know I think that's one of the smartest moves Marvel Studios can make at this time at least
0: Yeah it's definitely true as far as um As far as box office draw and I think fan interest, I think you're right that those two paired together is stronger than the sum of the parts, you know. Yep. Um, All right. So I have a bunch of other news that just really doesn't have that much to talk about. So let's do a lightning round. I will give you a piece of news and you can give me a sentence or two about what you think about it. and We'll knock it out. Says I'm good. Sounds great. All right. Spider-Man Homecoming had a really good first week, including like great Wednesday, Thursday kind of box office and then fell apart with like a 70 percent drop or something this weekend. Are you surprised?
1: I am. I am a little surprised. Um, Yeah, I am surprised it was that much of a drop. I figured they would have a a stronger hold. Um, But yeah, that was a surprise.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It seemed leggy until the weekend. I don't know, maybe after Planet of the Apes kind of clears out that'll get better. But uh we saw a Punisher poster. Do you think it looked pretty cool?
1: It's awesome. I want
0: it. Leah Gibson is joining Je- uh Jessica Jones and there's some rumors that she might play ty- Typhoid Mary. Are you happy for Typhoid Mary to be on that show or should they save it for Daredevil?
1: Uh no, Jessica Jones, it, it, you know, it fits perfectly in with the kind the themes they set during the first season, the psychological thriller type stuff, so uh, I hope it turns out to be accurate.
0: All right. Uh, Goliath may be going coming to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, do you want to see him, or is you really holding out for Blue Marvel still?
1: You know, we, I, I'd love to see Blue Marvel, but Goliath does fit into that kaiju-type monster thing you said you wanted to see. So I'm excited. If we get Blue Marvel, cool. If we get Goliath, even better. All right. Lucy Liu is officially directing the first
0: episode of Luke Cage. Seem like a good choice? Sure, why not? All right. That's how much we <laughs> care about TV directors. <laughs> this this week there was also a quote from uh, the director of one of the Punisher episodes, and he has like, uh, it looks like it's like Icelandic or Swedish or something, his name. And um, I was typing it up for MCU Exchange, and I realized our source had totally misspelled his name, and the article was like three days old, and nobody had bothered to fix it because no one knows that it's misspelled, you know? So. <laughs>
1: Nice.
0: Uh, finally, it looks like there's going to be She-Venom in Venom.
1: Uh, does
0: that sound like a good idea
1: to you? Um, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. I'm not sure they know what they want to do with it yet. So, sure. I mean, if She-Venom's in it, cool. I still don't see how you have a Venom movie without Spider-Man. But it is what it is. We'll see.
0: Yeah. How about you try to cast a Spider-Man for your Venom movie before <laughs> you cast a She-Venom, Exactly. Sony? That's what we're saying. I'm swinging back to the other side of this. The Spider-Man honeymoon is over. Stop it, Sony. You're destroying Spider-Man. <laughs> all right. Uh, we've been going through. Now, Adam, I don't know if you knew that Rhiannon had left you to this, but we are going back through the uh, Marvel TV shows, and we've ranked them one through 11, you, me, and Rhiannon. And um, we've you know, I tallied up the scores, and we put them uh, in order. We are all the way up to number four, the fourth most liked show, in the history of Marvel TV, according to our podcast. And we are finally at Iron Fist Week. And you know what that means. It is your time to try to give a defense to the listeners of why (laughs) Iron Fist could possibly be the fourth best Marvel TV show. Uh, But I know you actually do love, I know you love the character, but you also really enjoyed the show. So uh, go ahead and just give us a few reasons why you think Iron Fist is misunderstood.
1: Yeah, um, now that I'm on the hot seat, I'm I'm actually starting to break a little sweat, you know. After reading some comics, everyone's like, Oh, since since they haven't done Iron Fist, you know, they just left it off the list altogether. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I ranked Iron Fist very high, and it is still, you know, it's still one of the hype my most liked um Marvel TV shows not only cuz I love the the comic character and stuff. I mean obviously the show had its flaws, we'll get to that. Um but I am in the very small minority of people that loved the Meachums, uh the family Meachum. Uh Harold not so much. Harold I could have done without, but I thought Ward and Joy um they they really killed it. Um the first everyone says the first six episodes were boring and all that stuff. I didn't mind that stuff. It's, it got into the business stuff and and I have a little entrepreneurial type background. Obviously, uh, I've never dealt with Rand corporation or a fortune 500 company, but I loved kind of the, the mechanics behind that. Obviously Danny Rand, uh, someone that's saying he's Danny Rand hops back to New York city um, out of the blue, everyone's thought he's been dead for 7 to 10 years, whatever it is. Um, you know, so I think that was a necessary amount of time. Obviously, it's probably the slowest burning uh, start uh, to a series on Netflix um, in the MCU. Um, but that's not something I mind. minded, you know. I got through the first six episodes and I was like, the first six episodes are the worst, um so when I got to you know that sixth episode point and I realized that I didn't mind what was going on you know I'm like huh I don't think this show's going to be bad and I know everyone wasn't a fan of the fighting style and the groundedness um of the show but the you know the biggest thing um a lot of people had problems with Danny Rand himself and and I think um that character was pretty spot on uh, you know he was a very naive and essentially immature character you know his rightfully so his you know he saw his parents die and as a kid he was raised by this mystical city that we never saw and I'm still very upset about that but you know he's he's still really a kid at heart and we see that throughout the show he doesn't know how to, yeah, obviously he has problems controlling his chi and directing it to his hand and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, but that's kind of who the character is. You know, he's an outsider who went to Kunlun, Lun, who killed Shao Lao the and dying, and he was their protector. Um, you know, I think that obviously we have never killed dragons in real life, but we can kind of speak to at least that theme you know where you want something so bad and then you get that thing and then it's kind of like yeah you know I have that thing so you know what do I look forward to now or what do I do with it or whatnot you know that's what Danny is you know he he's a protector of Kun Lun and he wanted it but now that he has it you know it's not all it's cracked up to be obviously he doesn't want to stay there at the pass and protect Khan Lun um so he leaves. And, you know, I think that's something that the show kind of really um, hit on the head, uh, you know, especially when him and Colleen go back to come on and just assume it's going to be there and it's not there, you know, and it, it goes to speak how naive Danny still is Uh you know, he just anticipated it being there, and everyone welcoming and him back with open arms and all that stuff. And now you have Davos, who's awesome, and I thought Davos was great on the series. Um, he's also not in Kunlun, and Kunlun's disappeared. Um, so now he is stuck with those damn mortals. Um until the next time Kunlun rolls around, whenever that may be. We may not ever see it again. We probably won't see it. Uh, I'm not sure if again is the right word there, Adam. We may never yeah, see it. I we believe. may That's never see it. Okay. We, saw, we saw the roof or something in the distance, but we may never see Kunlun. Um, you know, I just I, – I really didn't think it was as bad as everyone thought. I know I'm one of the only people to say that, but I just uh, – I liked it, you know, obviously there was some very, there was questionable editing things, <laughs> um I expected to see some resemblance to Shao Lao the Dying, but instead we got uh, like warning lights on the top of a cell phone tower that turned into dragon eyes or some weird thing, you know uh, we got a weird yellow and green robe that everyone wore, which is probably the closest we'll ever get to the Iron Fist costume, um but I, I I'm not sure, you know, I it might I love the character, you know, so I should be kind of more critical towards it. So obviously we didn't see Kun Lun, which is the biggest part of his origin. Um, you know, we got his mentor. I'm not even sure if they ever explained if that was U T or uh Lee Kung. I should know this, but I'm not sure who which one of those guys it was. Um, you know, but I'm pretty sure was the Thunderer. It. Yeah, who's the Thunderer? Okay, Leeko, Yep. So that's yeah. I mean, I I'll defend it if if you have any if you want to have a debate about <laughs> it. Uh, you know, I just really didn't. I think I said this when we were talking to Luke Cage. I would rather have it be a slow burn up front than a slow burn in the back half of the season. And I think we could at least agree that once that. Sick. I mean, what was it? The sixth episode? Well, that was the mini tournament of sorts. We got the Bright and Nine Spiders, we got Dog Brother, um, and we got some other original characters. Um, you know, it started really picking up there. Um, I mean, yeah, my, my criticism, but I said Kunlun, we didn't see. We didn't see Shao Lao the Undying. Um, I wasn't completely sold on Fen Jones. Acting, I thought Jessica Henwick was great. Obviously, Madam Gow's one of my favorite characters and the, the whole MCU. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm right. What
0: do you have for it, Caleb? So let me start out with the positive. And this is going to sound crazy. In a lot of ways, I think it reminds me of Spider-Man Homecoming. But people received it differently. So I did see one or few, two reviews of Spider-Man Homecoming that was like, oh, I hate this movie because Spider-Man is so incompetent and he's always making mistakes and he doesn't know how to be Spider-Man and he's just flying around like an idiot doing stupid things. I kind of don't like seeing Spider-Man as incompetent all the time. But the story of Homecoming is what does it look like when a 15-year-old gets superpowers, right? That's kind of what Iron Fist is. What happens when someone who is emotionally 13 like becomes the head of a Fortune 500 business and is a super powered person and like all this kind of stuff and I think I think what they did is when they started this show they sat down and they said if I had been uh, abandoned into the wilderness as a third excuse me as a 13 year old how would I be where would I be immature how would I be different we've seen this a little bit with uh Peter Quill and Guardians right what does it mean to have this like Delayed development thing And I think that that was um, That's true to the story That makes sense And it would be kind of cheap If Danny only needed 36 hours In modern America To get totally caught up On the like most difficult Decade of change in the history Of the United States right like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense He needs time to progress And so his Innocentness in the show His kind of the stupidness of the things he does, his impetuousness. I think all of that makes sense and it works within the story. And in the same way, Spider-Man homecoming can describe Spidey as kind of incompetent because they know they're going to get at least five or six movies to grow him and bring him to become the Spider-Man we know and love. I don't, I think Netflix looks at this at least as a two or three or four season, you know, thing. And we know that from daredevil, right? They waited 13 episodes to put him in the costume. And so and, you know, Jessica Jones, they're really slowly developing. And there's all these things in the back of Luke Cage's past that we don't know about. And they've been clearly building up to the hand for 26 episodes of Daredevil and then another 13 of Iron Fist. And it's just now coming to fruition in defenders. And so I think Marvel and Netflix looked at Iron Fist as the first of a four or five chapter story. And they said that first chapter should be about him as sort of this innocent, naive kid who's in a man's body. So I think that people are overly critical of that because they don't get that. And I think that that's when we talk about Finn as an actor. The reason I think they selected him is because he does that idealistic, you know, head in the clouds, naive thing in a very charming way. I think he's charming when he's acting like a child. And, you know, and and stupid because he has that kind of boyish charm about him. So I think all of that is the thing that we don't get about him. So that's the positive on the negative side. I just, you know, the martial arts stunk like this is this is the biggest thing I've heard since. And I really do agree with it is that, you know, Marsh, if you're going to do a show about Iron Fist, he should be the baddest fighter in the world. He should be the Bruce Lee of the MCU. He should make Daredevil look like a wannabe boxer. Right. And they just didn't do that. And because of that, it really hurt the show. Uh, You know, we've heard stories. I think Rhiannon clarified to us there was a stunt coordinator for that show, but there wasn't a fight coordinator or something like that. That's just bizarro. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they do that. Um, And so I just think all of that stuff kind of hurt it in the end because it's just uh it just doesn't make a lot of sense i do think that davos was a great character and you know if they cast the guy who was davos as iron fist i think a lot of these concerns would have gone away like um it's not the vision of what they were trying to do but you know i thought davos was a great character and i think that people don't give enough credit if they continue to develop this relationship you know, Davos has a potential, kind of like a, a Baron Mordo from Doctor Strange, to be one of these allies turned villain kind of stories that'll be really interesting and exciting to oh, watch. Oh, absolutely. And they, out,
1: they set know. the groundwork perfectly for in that last episode, you know, with Davos and Madame Gal. Um, you, we. I always go back to the Immortal Iron Fist. Oh, it's my favorite comic run of all time. But Davos is the Crane Mother's Immortal Champion. Um, so that's the perfect... Uh, they laid the groundwork. I mean, obviously, we haven't got the reveal that Madame Gao is, in fact, the Crane Mother. But I think everyone assumes it. Um, so they laid that groundwork perfectly. But i uh, sorry I interjected. No, no, you're good. I mean, I think you're hitting on
0: something important there. I I think that the background of Kunlun and Madame Gao and the hand, I think they're messing with the mythology in an interesting way, and I think a lot of people are jumping the gun to say, "Oh, it's all muddled and it doesn't make any sense and the plot is nonsensical." I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if the comic, if this is going to look exactly like the comic books, then they've totally blundered Kunlun and the Champion Cities and all that stuff. But if they're telling a different story, and I think they may be, I don't think we know yet. In the same way that people fussed about the hand and the resurrection chamber and, oh, there's all this weird mystical stuff that doesn't really make sense and they don't explain it. Well, that's because they're not ready to explain it yet. And just because something hasn't been explained or a twist hasn't been revealed doesn't mean that they're just stabbing blindly at it. Maybe that you just don't know where it's going. And when I as I've rewatched those shows for that feature I'm doing on the site, it has become very obvious to me that they have a plan for Gao in the hand and it includes Iron Fist. And we're not going to fully understand that probably until Defenders. And so I'm willing to give them some time to now clarify, because I think we may see a weird twist where um, I'm wondering if he actually wasn't in Kunlun at all. Or if Gao is somehow part of Kunlun in a way that's shocking and surprising, if she's not really Hand like we think she is, or if somehow the people of Kunlun and the Hand are actually two sides of one coin, and the Hand have sort of gone out of control. But anyway, I'm not sure what it looks like, but I think there's yeah, still another shoe to you drop. You do
1: bring on up a good point in the show. Iron Fist name drops that that they worship or they're a part of the Order of the Crane Mother or something which is kind of I see where you're going with, with what you're saying you know so in in the Immortal Iron Fist run obviously what they, they're they drawing a decent amount of stuff on is the, the Crane Mother is actually the leader of a different city called Kun Lee I believe it is um and then kind of the whole plot of the Immortal Iron Fist is UT, the, the leader of Kun Lun is a crooked guy, and the citizens of that uh, find out and kind of lead a revolt because um, he built portals off from the city so, so he could go to Earth as many times as he wanted, but he didn't tell that, so on and so forth. But obviously, I think in the show that we might see Gao kind of... Um, Taking the role of UT where she's actually kind of the leader of Kun Lun. Um, obviously, she has some sort of powers that we finally saw a little bit. Um, so, obviously, that character is not done yet. I'm excited to get more of
0: her. I think overall, I mean, we've talked about the positives. The flip side is we know that this is relatively unliked by. Other folks, and it is, I mean, there is a lot of problematic stuff in the series. There are a lot of stupid moments. Um, and, you know, like certainly for myself, when I looked at my rankings, I forget. It was, I think Iron Fist was seventh on my list, maybe sixth. I know I definitely had Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season four above it. Um, but you said not many people like it. You and Rhiannon are two of the people that like it. And you are two-thirds of our our voting mass on this, so... Um, I think it's, it's an interesting show and I'm interested to see how it ages and changes. I'm hoping that he's so good in the defenders that we kind of forgive it because they fixed all the problems there, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fascinating kind of thing. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, I think the one thing that we have learned, I think you'll agree with this. We've seen from this and followed by Inhumans that Scott Buck does not know what Marvel fans want. Like, he is very tone-deaf to what we actually desire as fans of these properties, and for any defense that we do, in the end, I think we all agree, you would agree, that this is half as cool as you hoped it would be as far as wanting to see Kun Lun in a tournament of champions and Immortal Iron Fists. Like, it just felt like Sp- Scott Buck flushed the most interesting things, and he feels like it's happening again in humans. And he just seems to have like a Brian Singer 1999 mentality about comics that does not match with the comic book, TV, and movie fan of 2018 wants to see, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, not so much. Obviously, we didn't get the classic Iron Fist costume. We probably won't because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but he just says such, the character has such a rich history with so much. They could have dove into and covered and... I mean, one would think Kunlan set pieces wouldn't be too difficult to construct on a Netflix budget. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I don't want to get too down on Scott, but yeah, it's just I wasn't the kind of a fan of that. All right, we need to move into our
0: main discussion, and this week we are talking about D23 and Infinity War. Uh, If you don't know what D23 is, it's this big, cool... Uh, thing that Disney does now where they show off stuff from Lucasfilm and Marvel and Disney and Pixar and all sorts of places. And they showed a lot of stuff from Infinity War. We're going to try to get into all of it. But the first thing we're going to talk about is they did a awesome uh, clip, apparently. Sort of a teaser trailer of Infinity War. We were not in the room. We don't know anyone who was in the room. Um, and so we've not seen this. But we did uh, hear a lot about it. We read about it online. We saw a lot of tweets And so we're just going to go through real quick. I'm going to mention the things we saw uh, or heard that are in the trailer and we can uh, go from there. Uh, And so let's jump in. Apparently, the trailer picks up with Thor uh, landing uh, on the Milano like a bug against a windshield. Uh, And the Guardians bring him in and they kind of meet and have a first conversation together. Uh, Apparently, we see Scarlet Witch and the Vision in a fight. Uh, It looks like they're in really bad shape. It uh, looks like Loki somehow gets a hold of the Tesseract. Uh, we also hear that Spider-Man uh, has his Spidey sense show up uh, his the hair sticks up on his arm. And then we get a scene of him in the new costume from Homecoming uh, fighting against Thanos and not doing particularly well. Uh, we hear Captain America has a beard. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has blonde hair as Scarlet Witch. Uh, Winter Soldier's in there. Black Panther's in there. Um, Looks like Black Panther is maybe fighting Against some kind of invading army Uh, Doctor Strange and Star-Lord Are teaming up with Strange Creating like these platforms for Star-Lord To jump across Uh, Apparently Gamora sees the the shop Of the Collector all messed up Um, Thanos is in the fight And at the end apparently Thanos Just like breaks the moon And brings shards of it like flying Down onto Earth to kill the Avengers And so uh, there's a lot of stuff There uh, Adam, what do you think? I mean, obviously we haven't seen this, but what do you think, just from the descriptions we've heard?
1: Absolutely, and that that that's what I keep thinking. I keep thinking about this and seeing the reaction from the people that were there and saw it, and they were tweeting it and blogging it and all this stuff. And there has hands down not been anything in the MCU quite like this. I, to me at least, I don't recall anyone ever being as hyped as they are now you know we just see everyone come together you know and obviously i just said earlier how marvel movies were about the destruction and stuff like that but this movie is the one movie that's built upon complete and utter chaos thanos raises the world the universe and that that's what it's about thanos just kicks the crap out of everyone destroys their homes everything you know i'm so excited to see that who knows when we'll see it uh there might be a leak next week at comic-con they might release it to the public as a treat who knows um but i'm just oh man just reading this description and trying to picture it in my head uh, it, it's amazing <laughs> you know I cannot wait to see this movie at all I know I said on slack it might have been a little bit of a hot take but I think there's going to be a lot um, to be said at the box office for Infinity War um, with the reaction that we saw yesterday I think this is going to be a really really special time for Marvel Studios when it comes to their uh, payday
0: I'm just amazed by like how much I'm getting hyped from this just by like listening to it instead of like actually experiencing it. Like it is crazy. What watching Twitter feed tell me what's happening is getting me excited. And I think I didn't realize how much I want to see these new characters. Like over the last couple of years, they've added so many characters between black, um, black Panther and Spider-Man and Dr. Strange and like, as all these characters come into the universe, We haven't seen them interact. And so like that bit about Star-Lord and Doctor Strange together, like that's really cool because I want to see what they're like. And I want to see how Iron Man and Doctor Strange get along. And like it just those are all little things that I'm like super hyped about and I think look really good. And I think I just um, there's always been this like promise of interconnectedness to this universe And this is doing it on such a huge level where there's all this mixing and matching and combination of powers and stuff that I'm just really excited to see what that looks like. And I think that's what's really striking me as cool about what we're hearing is happening in this movie.
1: Absolutely. You know, reading this description, you know, kind of spells out the movies that happened prior. You know, I think I just said in Slack this week that... I was more excited for Ragnarok and Black Panther. I think I might change that now, especially if we see the trailer sometime soon. Uh, But, you know, the Guardians hit Thor (laughs) with their ships, so I think that kind of tells us how the end of Ragnarok ends, you know. And I kind of thought that Loki would maybe help Thor for whatever reason, you know, as Hela came to destroy Asgard, but now that he has the Tesseract, maybe he's kind of an agent of her, and I would guess Ragnarok ends with Thor probably getting his ass kicked, uh, since he's knocked unconscious somewhere among the cosmos. Um, then again, he could be out there for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, it's just reading the description, man. It's ah, uh, it's gonna be so cool. You know, everyone posts the uh, what Bendis had that one facial, awesome facial hair, bros thing that everyone wants to see on screen. It's just gonna be crazy having. Groot and Rocket and Drax interacting with Cap and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Iron Man and Strange and Black Panther and everyone, it's going to be absolutely insane.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we also have um, the uh, we have talk uh, about uh, well, we got to talk about the Black Order. Uh, it's interesting, it looks like they're not going to call it the Black Order. They're going to talk about just as Thanos' children. Uh, so if you don't know these characters, they come from Inhumanity. Uh, there's four of them. We have no idea about casting. I think they're all CGI characters. So it'll be mo I don't know about voices. Uh, we're going to get Proxima Midnight. We're going to get Corvus Glaive. We're going to get um, Ebony Maw. And then a character that in the comics is called Black Dwarf. But it appears that they've changed his name to Cull Obsidian, which is interesting. That's the name of the group in the comics, but here we're getting that as um, a character's name.
1: Uh, Adam, were you pretty excited with the design of those characters? Each and every single one of them. We we were even talking that um, it would be interesting to see what they do with Proxima Midnight. uh, Because in comics, her headdress is nearly identical to the one... Hella, we've even seen Hella wear in the Ragnarok trailer. Um, and they appeared to actually instead of give her a headdress, it looks as if it's actually part of her head as horns or something. Um, that's probably the biggest, well, not the biggest change. Uh, Black Dwarf, it, he looks the same in a sense. I mean, his the texture of his skin and color of the skin's all different, Um, but for the most part, I mean, Ebony Maw and Corvus Glaive, they pretty much look exactly how one would anticipate. Um, So I think, I thought it was cool about how their uniforms kind of all shared the same design, you know, they each seemed like their chest plates each had this distinct line design of sorts, Um, and they're all tech armor-esque type stuff. Um, I think it's really interesting how it's... Uh, especially the, the design of the costumes tie together. And it's going to be awesome seeing those four uh, on screen with Nebula and Gomorrah for a little family reunion of sorts. Yeah. I think the biggest question for me and all of that is just
0: exactly like what role they're going to play. Like we've been waiting so long to see Thanos, um, you know, like is there going to be enough time in the movie for five villains? Or is this going to downplay Thanos? Like, at some point, I want Thanos to not be the guy behind the scenes. And it sounds like the footage that we got, he's not. But um, still, that's, I don't know, that's a concern. And so it's kind of interesting to me how they're going to fit all of them in. But I agree that the designs look great. And The thing is, they look just like the comic books. So in a way, it's almost like, a oh, well, that's kind of what I expected. But the flip side is they look exactly like the comic books. You know, like... Somebody give Scott Buck a call. Go back to that conversation, right? (laughs) Like, they're totally doing what this should look like. And the fan service on that is amazing. Absolutely. Uh, We also got a quick glimpse at the actual Infinity Gauntlet uh, that Thanos is going to wear. They've got to, like, make a real-life version. Like, I I won't lie. I'd pay a couple hundred bucks for a good one of those, right? Like, that looks so good, doesn't it?
1: i was thinking that last night you know just the merchandising on the gauntlet alone i mean if they come up with some sort of replica i mean you have to think the the infinity war is going to be i mean the folks at hasbro are probably so damn excited right now with all the different stuff they can do they can make toy infinity gauntlets you know those hulk hands were huge way back when i mean the infinity gauntlets are going to be the next big thing i mean Think of all the different Marvel legends waves we're going to have and all sorts of stuff. I know I want an infinity gauntlet. It looks great. Uh, Josh Brolin wearing it or showing it. That looks amazing. Um, I'll buy one for each hand actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's um, there's actually going to be a Hasbro convention here. I live in Rhode Island and they're doing one in Providence. Um, and I'm trying to get in, see if I can get press credentials to like cover it for the website. Because I'm thinking there could be some really cool stuff at that. It's in, like, October or something. So, Man,
1: that sounds awesome. I didn't know Hasbro had a convention. I mean, I love Marvel Legends, so if they have, like, a Legends panel or whatever, that might draw me to Providence. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's um, they're calling it HasCon, uh, yeah, which Hazcon. isn't the best name. But it, there's <laughs> going to be, like, they do so many things now. Like, they have a list, and it's, like, there's going to be Transformers stuff, and there's going to be... My Little Pony, and there's going to be Marvel, and uh, I think there's going to be, like, Magic the Gathering stuff. Like, a really broad array of kind of toys and stuff, so... Uh, It looks kind of cool, so... Uh, All right, Uh, that's all the stuff I've got on Infinity War. I mean, it sounds like a stupid question, but, like, we're crazy hyped now for this movie, right? Like,
1: this really ratcheted up
0: to 11, I feel like.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, they had... uh... Louis is it Louis Louis D'Esposito? I don't I totally butchered his name He tweeted that there's gonna be that special uh, signing at the Marvel booth which turned out to be the Black Order reveal and Josh Brolin signing and the uh, uh, Marvel Studios head of visual development Ryan I can't remember his last name but his name's Ryan He came up with some promo art for Brolin to sign um, and that promo art is pretty much uh, near match to George Perez's Infinity Gauntlet number one cover and just seeing that alone, I mean that's, it's, I'm hyped, man. I'm turned up to 11 for Infinity War. I want to watch it tomorrow. You know.
0: Was it kind of weird to see uh, Thanos looking exactly like Cable? <laughs>
1: Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that. I was like, ah, oh, he's wearing his Cable. <laughs> he has his Cable hair and he did his eyebrows or whatever that Cable does. But yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting, man. How... Josh Brolin's probably going to have one hell of a year <laughs> between Thanos and Cable and all that stuff. I mean, you have to applaud the guy. The dudes are really great, good actors. So well, I think the watched...
0: real the really interesting thing on all of that is his like actually his schedule. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you film Deadpool two and Avengers four at the same time, which seems to suggest maybe Thanos isn't in Avengers four, but it seems impossible for them to wrap up. All the things they're trying to do in this movie in just one film. And so, um, you know, I don't know. Like, I almost feel like Roland's going to be like shooting cable for like a couple of days and then jump in a plane and like do Thanos for a day and then run back over to, you know, like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out. So,
1: yeah, it would be interesting, you know, seeing a schedule like that. I think Deadpool 2's been filming for a few weeks now. So maybe. I mean, maybe he's filming it all now. Um, before Avengers four pops, when's Avengers four even start? Cause Infinity War officially wrapped production this week, right? Yeah, if I understand correctly, they have a three week break. So, I mean, obviously, three weeks is. I mean, who knows how big Cable's role is and Deadpool too. Um, but yeah, and that's the other thing. You know, you you brought up about how much Thanos is going to be, and maybe. This movie kind of uh, focuses uh, on his children uh, tracking down the Infinity Stones. And, I mean, he's in it, but he's not fully in it. Maybe that's Avengers 4. Who knows? Maybe he's not in Avengers 4. Who knows that either? I guess we'll see.
0: Well, the other thing is these Avengers movies are about 90-day shoots. I think they're trying to keep Deadpool still relatively cheap to make. So it would not surprise me if those are, you know... 60 days or 45 you know like just a much shorter shooting schedule as well yeah. so. all right uh, i think it's time for us to go ahead and go into our mailbag uh, not too much this week uh, i should say that i think we are on course to have another record high this week in listens so thanks for doing that for us listeners uh it's really cool um had a little shallow period there and i think now we're picking up and up and up so it's really good to have people listening and we appreciate your uh earballs uh, ear balls are not a thing but your ears listening to our show <laughs> Well, thank you for your ear balls. We really appreciate them. That's a new word that I made up. All right. That's uh, awesome. From the mailbag. Uh, Chris asked if he thinks we're going to get Janet Van Dyne casting soon uh, here at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I think that's a good chance. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of those things that we probably need to be getting casting because I think, oh, they're filming already, right? They've already started that. So, um, Yeah, I would think that that's a secret they're not going to be able to keep, so they might as well share it at Comic-Con. Related to this, Dave um, on the website was suggesting that uh, we talked about Jimmy Woo and S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back, and he and some others were pointing out that it could be a time travel scenario, that maybe time travel is part of the weird science stuff that goes on at Ant-Man and the Wasp, and that makes sense, or that it could just be flashbacks to an agent that... um, that, uh, Pym worked with back in the day. So yeah, that seems plausible. Uh, a guy named Ben Oliver Dean on the website, uh, it's just said that he liked the airplane scene a lot more than Rhiannon did in Spider-Man Homecoming, which yeah, I think it was pretty good too. Uh, Love Waffle, uh, talked about, I didn't even think about this, but we had a whole episode about fatherhood in the MCU and he was talking about how much fatherhood stuff there is in Homecoming, you know, like Tony is sort of surrogate father and, Uh, Tombs as a dad and his role and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was, that was cool. Uh, But Love Waffle felt like Homecoming had a little too much uh, sequel teasing, which I didn't think was too bad. I I like interconnected movies, so I don't mind if they set up stuff for the future. Um, Alvin was just sad about the continuity issues that were going on with Spider-Man Homecoming. And I just think we're going to be stuck with those for a really long time. So Uh, I think that's all I've got this week for the podcast. Adam, you got anything else?
1: I don't know. I'm uh, I'm excited for everything that's happening, man. We have what Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, all in less than a year. So let's get to it. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I think we said this the other week. Every Marvel movie that we know is coming out is going to come out in less than two years. That's Wicked. just <laughs> unbelievable. Like it just blows my stinking mind. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, this should be a major week. I assume our podcast will be chock full next week. Uh, Rhiannon will probably just send in a report from San Diego because she is actually going to be at San Diego comic-con. I think her top priority is the defenders panel. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, we will bring you all the news next week in the podcast as quick as we can talk about everything that goes down in hall H. Uh, now that we know what D 23 was, which is almost exclusively infinity war. I'm guessing we'll get some Infinity War stuff. Maybe that same clip will be shown again. I think we'll see a giant set picture or a crew picture even bigger than the cast picture we got today. Uh, But I think we're also going to get a lot of Black Panther stuff. I think we're going to get a lot of Ant-Man and the Wasp stuff. Uh, I think we might get another movie or two into phase four announced. Uh, I think they're probably going to have to start announcing Doctor Strange 2, assuming that comes out in the fall of twenty nineteen, which is what I'm personally presuming, so we'll see if that's true or not. So uh yeah, all that stuff coming up. Uh Adam, where can we people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Adam Barnhart, Barnhardt, B-A-R-N, H A R D T. We always have a good time.
0: Alright, now I'm at Caleb A. Borcher, C A L E B A B O R C H E R S. Uh so yeah, talk to us online, send us comments uh via the website. You can do it on SoundCloud. You can also uh, tweet at us via hashtag MCUEXPOD. That's MCUEXPOD or MCUEXPOD. Uh, you can also leave a comment on Facebook. We often see those. A five star review on iTunes is the best thing you can do if you want to support the show, uh, other than just telling your friends about it and asking them to listen. Uh, we can keep hitting new record highs if you keep sharing with your friends. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, we're excited, and we'll see you after San Diego Comic Con next week. Bye.